Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are we perfect at evaluating? No. You know, are we perfect at, analy- at analyzing? No, but we try to do the best job we can. And if that's just one more kid that we can help get some type of recognition or that one more kid that we can help um, get a scholarship or along their journey or their path, then, you know, we all work together closely on, on trying to do accomplish that. What is up and welcome to Believe in High School Basketball. I'm your host, Bryce Ronquillo. So thankful, so grateful to be on air. Thank you for joining me. Episode 7, coming your way. Believe in High School Basketball is proud to be a part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals and the number one network in Los Angeles for sports podcasts. Let's get it. Today, I'm blessed to be joined by someone who has really paved their way in the talent evaluation realm and is really dedicated to just helping kids and families and even those who just work alongside her. She's a scout, she's a mentor, and a big sister to many, including myself. Jarena Madayag joins me today. We had a dope conversation and can't wait for you all to hear it. We did have some technical difficulties in the beginning, so I apologize for that. But it's still a really dope interview, a really good show, and you won't want to miss it. We'll talk being a woman in a male-dominated industry. We talk some of her favorite players from the NorCal area and beyond. We talked her current projects to help players in Liberia come to the U.S. And we even have some insider info from the G League about a couple 2020 prospects who are killing it against pros. So stick around to the very end. And without further ado, here is Episode 7 with Jarena Madayag. All right, I'm pleased to welcome Jarena Madayag here on Believe in High School Basketball. Jarena, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you once again for coming on. Really excited to to bring you on the show. You're definitely someone when I started up this podcast, you were one of the first people I was like, oh, I got to get Jarena on the show. She would be great. So really excited to do this show with you. And uh, we got a lot of uh, great stuff to talk about. But um, before we get into that, I do have a bit of an icebreaker question with you. Do you remember our first interaction, like when we first met? Uh, let me think. Burbank at the King of Kings camp, I think. And I think that might have been one of our first, like, real interactions. And I think... I might have asked you if you could give me a ride to my hotel because I just flew into town. Um, and I think we went out to eat. Yeah, I, I remember that for <laughs> that sure. That might have been one of the first times that we really like got to sit down. And I had I'd been seeing you around and I thought, oh, look at this young guy doing his thing in the industry. You know, um, you were like a sponge back then soaking it up like getting as much knowledge as you so happy and proud of you but I think that was probably one of the first times 
um, that we really, uh, you know, had a chance to really sit down and talk. Yeah, that was definitely one of the first times we actually like hung out for an extended period of time. I remember that vividly. Yes. We went and got Chinese yes. food. Um, those are those are yeah, good times. So thank you so much. But the the time I'm referring to, because that the the very very first time we met, I remember this vividly. You probably don't remember it, but it, it's it's a funny story. It was uh-huh. the junior all American camp. It was my first year doing West Coast Elite, my first ever event working with them. So. It was probably, I think it was 2016. Yeah, I think it was oh. around then. It, it was a long time ago. So <laughs> here I am, this, <laughs> this you know, new, uh, this new coach just trying to, you know, get into to the AAU world. And I'm coaching the, the all-star, one of the all-star games for the, the sixth graders the, at the time, okay. which was class of 2023 now. Wow. Those guys are, are juniors, which is pretty crazy to think about. But but anyways, so I had a pretty good team, and it was a good uh, a good class of guys. And, and on my squad, I, I had, like, Ramel Lloyd. I had Christian oh. Moore. And when they were, you know, youngsters. And I was right. doing uh, a rotation of them just, you know, five minutes in, five minutes out. For anyone who's been to any one of these camps, that's typically how it goes. Sometimes you'll mix right. it up and and get into it but you want to be fair you want all the kids to play so you came up to me while I was coaching the game and you asked uh because I had just taken Ramel and Christian out you asked if I could put them back in and I was like well you know what I'm just trying to give fair time to everybody you know I gave you the the right the political answer and you kind of whispered to me you're like well when you have some of the best scouts in the country wanting to see these kids play you put them in and then you just kind of like, and I was like, oh, okay. And I, and I put him back in and you walked away. You're like, thank you. And walked away. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was yeah, so you funny. Bryce, that thing, it probably wasn't a call that I made. It was probably a call from the higher ups. Yeah. At the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> because I was probably sent over there by some of the more um, seasoned or, you know, the more veteran scouts that were in the building. And that's probably why I said, how do you do your job? Yeah. And like I said, I was a, I was a new coach. I didn't know what I was doing. I obviously get that now, but it was just funny. I was like, oh, you don't mess with this lady. <laughs> you, you don't mess with her. You she She knows what she's doing. And when she tells you to do something, you listen. So yeah, I just thought it was hilarious. I wanted to bring it up. It was a, it's a funny story. In our world, that happens, you know. It's like they, the scouts who they want to see, who they're interested in seeing. But I, it is so amazing that you remember that story. And um, that was like almost five years ago, right? Four or five. Years yeah, now, four so. years ago, almost five years ago, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. To think about, but um, but yeah hilarious story and you know that was kind of the beginning and then obviously we we had that that time when you were in Burbank I gave you right back to your your hotel and we got got we got Chinese food and just talked a bunch about about life and basketball and I want to talk a little bit more about you know about that time and just about how you you came up into the preps hoop the, the prep hoops world you know at the time you were working with with Papula writing for Premier Ball, doing scouting, and 
I, I think you've told me the story before, but refresh my memory a bit. How did you start working in the prep hoops world? Okay. All right. So in 2007, 2008, I was working in uh, doing a little part-time work with women's basketball, helping kids go, um, young women go to navigate through their uh, college process from high school to college. 2012, Christian Papula at the time uh, was working, um, started his company called Premier Ball. And he asked, uh, I spoke to him. Uh, we had a couple meetings, and he asked me if I was interested in working on the boys' basketball side. And I thought it was a challenge. I was interested because I knew I wanted to do something a little bit more as far as with uh, with high school basketball. And I know at the time for Papula was a really good time because um, that was about the time when he broke uh, – they. Premier Ball broke Shabazz Muhammad. Uh, so 2012, then 2013, Shabazz Muhammad went to the NBA, or went to UCLA, and then went to the NBA. Um, yeah, one he, year he was big UCLA. time at high school. That was absolutely <laughs> Shabazz was the real was the deal big, in high school. Absolutely. So that was, you know, Pop was getting real busy, and at the time. Um, he really was looking to bring, you know, some people on board who, one, were really, like, interested in, in doing, you know, what um, what we do as far as scouting and recruiting um, and, you know, working with the colleges and the universities, NCAA-compliant scouting service. So, sorry, guys, we had technical difficulties, but we're back. We got Jarena on, and uh, she's going to tell us a little bit more about how she got into the the prep hoops industry. Drina, you were talking about how you were working with, with Christian Papula, and he he sort of got Shabazz Mohammed onto the national scene. Everyone kind of knew about him. So uh, tell me again, after that point, where, where did you go from there within the, the right. industry? Great. That was a big, that was a big break for, uh, Christian Papula and um, for Premier Ball at that time. And we really had a good connection, uh, Papula and I. I think I understood his vision and he he was very patient with me as far as being in the industry, learning a lot about the scouting side and the evaluation procedures and how things on, on boys basketball, in boys basketball, um, how it's different from women's basketball. So he, um, I wasn't, I wasn't fully invested at first, you know, I was doing it kind of like on a part-time basis, but he was very patient with me. And I think I saw that there was, there was so much space and so much room to grow in the industry that I just started to like, just really go hard. And I, and I tried to get to as many events as I could. I, um, spent hours and hours of, um, my time in the gym and then learning a lot from when working with other scouts and analysts, other evaluators, other people in the industry, Ronnie Flores, um, who's with Cal High Sports and Ball is Life, he was a big, and grassroots basketball, he was a big 
um, mentor of mine, of course, um, people like Joel Francisco, Frank Burleson, Clark Francis, and then learning from people like Ryan Silver, Dinos, you know, these guys that have been in the industry um, for such a long time and who have um, made their mark. Just being around people who, besides Christian Papula, but of course him, number one, but being around people who um, who were doing, you know, where I could see myself going, and that's just being emerged into grassroots boys basketball. Right, and those those guys you just named off are, you know, top of the game as far as evaluators go, and a lot of a, a lot of respect for guys like Ronnie, Frank, Joel Francisco, Clark Francis, those guys, you know, do it the best. And you've worked yourself into that, that circle and you got there and there are very few, you know, women who have achieved that. There's not a lot of women I see in the gyms evaluating. You're, You're one of very few. And I think it's super important to highlight that one, to just kind of say, hey, look at look at what Jarena's doing. You know, she she sort of proved herself here, and your your eye for talent has earned the trust of a lot of coaches around the country. Was it was it hard to build that trust, or were there some challenges along the way? Yeah, definitely. I, first of all, I appreciate you acknowledging that um, there aren't a lot of women uh, scouts or evaluators in the industry, especially at the at the preps or grassroots grassroots level. Um, we're we're starting to see more and more women, of course, in the industry as far as in basketball and women in sports, um, as far as scouts, analysts. You know, of course, women coaching in the NBA, female refs, female agents, um, and these a lot of these. Um, women that are, you know, groundbreaking women in the industry are like really making names for themselves. Um, and I look up to them. I, I appreciate, you know, um, kind of the landscape that they've built for us, you know, people like myself and Leslie Strauss, who works closely with Pangos All American and with Dinos, uh, Trigonis and them, um, you know, those are just some people like some of my colleagues, Valerie Brown out of Las Vegas. Yeah see her on Twitter a lot and she's always in the All gym. She knows every prospect right. in Las Vegas. Right, right. So there's a lot of women like I said who in the industry who are, you know, we're just trying to make it. Um and of course there's been, you know, it's there's been battles. One of the things that um that we talk about as women in sports or women in in this, you know, in this um arena is that we're we're not gonna we're not gonna let anyone dictate kind of like our journey and I think we have to take ownership of our own journeys and it's like we have to be fearless because of course we're faced we're faced with a lot of you know backlash discrimination you know um especially women of color um but there's things that we're faced with like a lot of the times we we get that, oh, you're you're a mother, you're not allowed here, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're somebody's you're like, mom. No, oh, sorry, I'm not going. a parent. I'm an evaluator. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh my. There, uh, 
Right. So we get a lot of that too. And I mean, there's just, of course, everywhere you go in the, in the workforce or in, in any industry, but this is a male dominated industry. And, uh, we're just here trying to, you know, make our name, make a name for ourselves. I mean, Bryce, there's 11 women, uh, that hold positions in, in the NBA, as far as coaching. I think I want I want to say it's 11 assistant right, yeah. women that coach full uh, coaching in the NBA at the NBA level, um, which are big steps, you know, leaps and bounds for sure. But, um, yeah, we're faced with a lot. It's tough, you know, but we're here to persevere and we keep on going. And we know, like for myself, is I know that somewhere along the line, I'm able to help a young man or a young woman, woman find their way, um, in the, you know, in their journey and help them and help their families. Most of these, most of these kids have parents, um, or guardians who are there to help guide them. And we're, and of course, because we're, you know, myself as a woman and as a mother, um, it's just, it's just working with them on their journey. And, and helping them, you know, giving them some ed, some type of education or some type of knowledge and just being able to help them get there, you know. Um, are we perfect at evaluating? No. You know, are we perfect at, analy- at analyzing? No, but we try to do the best job we can. And if that's just one more kid that we can help get some type of recognition or that one more kid that we can help um, get a scholarship or along their journey or their path, then, you know, we all work together closely on, on trying to do accomplish that. So, I mean, it's been fun and we're going to continue in, in what we're doing. And I still work with Papula. I still work with Ronnie Flores. I still work a lot with these guys, but, um, you know, there's other things also in the industry that I'm doing, um, personally and other, other arenas and avenues that I've been, uh, touching on in, in, you know, in grassroots basketball. Right. What what are some of those things that that you're working on? Just kind of let our listeners know what what they could expect um, from you. Oh. you know, if they follow you, like what what kind of things do you do you got going on? For sure, one of the one of the big things I work on internationally is I I, I work closely with the uh, Kevin Johnson basketball camps in the Bahamas. That that happens every year, every summer. Wow, I've been doing that for the past four years now. Um, that's a big one. That's, uh, the Bahamas is a big one. I do, um, next to rise in Northern California. Um, I have some partners up there that we do next to rise on next to rise camps. Um, and those are just for like the kids that, um, a lot of those kids who don't get recognized or don't have recognition who are probably not like high major D one players, but a lot of D twos, D3s, NEIAs, JUCO, national JUCO level guys, um, which is extremely tough because those, you know, a lot of those coaches at the D2 and level, they don't have the budget to go out and, and see it and evaluate all the time. But a lot of those kids don't be, aren't seen either because they're not playing um, on the, you know, on the big platforms mm-hmm. or the national stages. So though that for me is like big time. I think that's another big part of this basketball world that 
I really want to help and and really build stronger ties and um, to get because there's so many more kids that could go on to play at the collegiate level. Maybe not the high majors or not even Division One, but there's other scholarships out there and other players and kids who are okay with going D two or NAIA. So. Right. And that, that's, um, that's super awesome that you've kind of found your, your niche in a way in the industry. Mm-hmm. Like you really have a heart for those kids who haven't, who don't have the, the D one pedigree. Now you, you do, right. you do help those kids. I, you know, I see you build, you know, great relationships with a lot of the high, higher level kids. Like I know you're really close with Kyrie Walker, who's, you know, right now preparing for the NBA draft. Jalen Green, right. I know you were really close with, with the Greens and, and him yeah. as well, but but you really have a heart for the kids who are underrated. So uh, take take this time now to highlight maybe some kids in NorCal who people don't really know about, but they should be talking about. Oh, for sure, for sure. Really quick before we go to that, I want to tell you about a project that I just joined called Mama Jama, okay, um, basketball, and it. It's a company that started in 2018, and they're based out of Liberia. Wow. Uh, their website is mjus.org, and they're based out of Monrovia, Liberia, which um, they, I, I'm going to be partnering with them. Um, and what they want to do is expand. Um, they already have... Uh, um, kids that they've sent over that have come to play in the states, um, but but their one of their goals is to expand further in the western uh, western countries of Africa, um, including Ghana, Liberia, Nigeria, Senegal. So a lot of they they have a lot of um, these student athletes that are coming already overseas. But what they want to do is they want to bring more and more evaluators and and uh, college coaches to come see if if there's a way um, that they can get more exposure for their for the talent out there also because a lot of these student athletes don't have the opportunities um, they've asked me to join their program as a partner and come in and and see what we can do as far as helping um, you know building a bridge just right. connecting a bridge between Western state, uh, Western countries of Africa to um, colleges and universities throughout the world. Mm-hmm. They're not limiting to just um, to the states. They they're saying anywhere where there's a need and for student athletes and where there's an avenue, they want to do that. And they're called Mama Jama um, basketball, youth basketball. That, that's and they're based cool. out of Liberia. That is super cool. That is needed, too, because a lot of the times, especially I've noticed with players in, you know, the, the, the countries like in Africa, like, for example, a lot of the times these kids are kind of just marketing themselves and they're reaching out on social media to potential coaches from prep schools. And you can get involved with a lot of shady people. And if you're a kid in Africa who just wants to come and play and have a chance but doesn't have the means to and then you got right. someone in, you know, in the United States that you've never met before, you know, who's just willing to to fly you out. And then you we've me and you, we've seen and heard of the horror stories of some of these kids who are brought over, promised this, 
promise that. And then they get over and they're sleeping on the floor in an apartment right. with a person they've never met before and met. in a bad right. neighborhood. So that's super cool that you have that to kind of be a, a, you know, a bridge between those two. I, I think that's really awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about the partnership. Uh, the Jonathan, his name is Jonathan Harvey and Ishmael Lamine. Uh, they're both out of Minnesota. Uh, they have partners um, in Philadelphia. They have partners in Florida, and and a conglomerate of of uh, just basketball enthusiasts who want to help um, more kids. You know, and that's that's the thing is is to be able to expand our reach. And I appreciate you acknowledging that because there are so many young student athletes who come from overseas or wherever even here in the states where they're not getting you know the right guidance and so just um the ability to partner with some great people in this industry who who want to help you know just continue to help make changes and pioneer some things so like i said they're a new uh they're a new uh, organization fairly new 2018 and they just talking to them and spending hours with them on the phone and uh, seeing their vision. So I'm excited and I can't wait to talk more about it in the future and to be able to, to help, um, you know, some of these young student athletes and they, and they cater to young, young men and young women, which is great. Yeah, that, um, that's really awesome. Yeah. So, why so I you... want to get back. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say, go ahead and tell us about uh, some some kids in NorCal. You're you're based in NorCal. Oh. That's your that's your area. Ryan likes to call you uh, Queen J, the Queen of NorCal. <laughs> so <laughs> so tell us uh, t- tell us uh, who who we should be watching in in NorCal oh. or who who we should be looking out for. So many, there's so many, Bryce. I think a lot of these. Uh, Northern California student athletes and families are starting to understand more the way, you know, of the land here. And that's that they have to like start building their resumes and getting to the right places and the right events. Um, God, there's so many. I re- More recently, the, the Thompson twins who are originally from Northern California who go to uh, moved to Florida um, right. Asar and Amen Thompson um, were born and raised in Oakland, California. They moved um, to Florida in their eighth grade year, but they and they they play at Pinecrest High School um, in South Florida, and they just recently broke um, on ESPN, um, which is great for them. They, they, you know, they were very under the radar. Nobody really knows who they are. They, they're, um, you know, blue collar workers Mm -hmm. and on the court, high academic guys, um, you know, have roots, like I said, in Oakland, California, and now are in Florida because they also have family ties and roots there. Um, but they just recently broke ESPN um, went to a couple camps, did their thing. And, um, they've always played for small, smaller programs. Um, uh, um, you know, always been like a, a down home program with their AU 
um, with Vision Basketball and and now they're like they've broke on the national scene. So those two guys, the twins, uh, class of 2022 um, from NorCal originally. But mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you have um, some some other young guys, Jamari Phillips uh, from Modesto Christian, uh, Zion Sensley from Archbishop Reardon. Um, Mikey, Michael Lewis from St. Mary's. These are, those guys are all class of 2024 guys. Um, some youngsters, some youngsters. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cam Manning out of, uh, out of, uh, Monterey trail. He goes to school with Barrick Lewis. Um, those are 20, uh, 2023 and 2020, 2023 guys. Um, and then of course you have your, your guys, you know, Jalen Lewis, uh, King Will um, right. those, those guys, those, those guys are ready. And then you, yeah, go ahead. No, I was to say, yeah, those, those guys are the how, household names, but yeah, I, I saw you yeah. tweet about, uh, uh, about the Thompson twins and checked out their highlights. They're super impressive to watch. Definitely some high level athletes, um, but also very skilled, very smart and intelligent as well. Now you, I haven't seen him as much as you have, but what is it about their games that, that makes them, you know, so impressive and, and gives them those, those four and five star rankings on ESPN. They're high level defenders. Um, they, they're very active. Um, they are, they're fun to watch um, because they're so active and they, um, I think the magic happens, Bryce, it, when they're on the floor together. You know, they know how to find each other. They know how to, you know, but I think what separates them or what's going to separate them is the fact that the way they, the way they defend, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, getting a bucket score and all that, they, yeah, they are, they're super athletic, but they're so active. Their hands are active. They're, um, their lateral movements, the way they're moving on defense is that's to me. And in my opinion, as an evaluator, that's one of the things that I would say for them is, is what's going to help separate them from other uh, players in that class is the fact of how they defend. That's really cool. I mean, yeah, because, you know, we always look at highlights and we're looking at offense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're always (laughs) looking at offense where, you know, you're like, oh, point guard. And then you're you're watching the point guard highlights and all he's doing is scoring. (laughs) Right. You know, right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't want to just see that. I want to see, you know, I want to see what he's doing as a point guard. I want to see what this kid's doing as a post player. I want to see. But one of the things I'm telling you is, is their defense. Super active, super agile, uh, just have a knack to find the ball, um, you know. And they're competitive. They're just competitors, you know. So yeah, I think I think for the the them that I mean it'll be fun to watch them in their journey. I mean, I um, I've been watching them since they were younger, but uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch them and see how far this goes for them. Awesome. So you guys, my listeners, check out Osser and Amen Thompson over at Pinecrest High School there in Florida. 
Make sure to keep your eye out for them. They're they're going places. You heard it here from Jarena. Um, <laughs> but for um, sure. let let's shift the 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 focus a little bit. I, I've talked on my show plenty about you know what states are playing high school basketball and specifically about like the holdout states, the ones like California. Now I'm curious about your opinion on how California, the CIF, they've continued to keep pushing back high school athletics. And I I have my own opinions on it, but I do want to hear yours. Do you think that they're making the right decision in, you know, pushing back high school athletics and, and, and basketball to, to March? Oh, absolutely. I think that, um, I think for one, I think this, I think that they're doing the right thing as far as um, pushing back um, because the numbers in California continue to rise. Um, And unless, unless the CIF has a plan and something in place um, as far as how they, I mean, California doesn't even, the, the kids aren't even in school. They're not even attending school right now. Right. Um, they're all, everything is all from home, right? It's all virtual. So I think unless the CIF or the state of California has a, a plan in order to put this in place where, you know, no one's at risk, you know, or there's no risk. And how do you create a bubble? you know, for all these high schools or California high schools and athletes and student athletes. Um, right. I, I just don't think they, they're, I don't think they're equipped. I don't think they're ready. I don't think they have a plan. I don't think they know kind of which way to go. And I, I spoke to someone who is at CIF in, in Northern California um, and they just really don't have anything in action right now. Um, so I'd like to see, it's going to be very interesting to see, and I can't speak for them because I'm not involved in their planning or their stages of where they're at. But I mean, as far as I know, it's just some speaking to, you know, some insight sources that, uh, there's really, you know, they just keep pushing it back. Cause I don't think they really know what direction to go. Right. Yeah. How can they create this bubble, you know, for California high schools and student athletes? Yeah, I, I see the challenges for sure, and absolutely, and you know you're right. the The cases keep rising. I think where I kind of have issue is you know, and why I've been on, on my show, I've been pretty critical about how uh, California has has kept pushing back, and the reason why is one for what you're saying is that they don't have a plan, and I don't see any initiative to kind of make a plan, which I think hurts, absolutely. which I think hurts the kids. I think that it's your job to be fighting to try to get these kids back on the floor. And I've seen other states do it. Now, California has, you know, much more population. I totally get it. Uh, but I do see other guys like like Ryan Silver is able to put in his camps. Dino's is able to put on his camp safely. Grind Session is doing their, their stuff safely. So it, we're seeing that it could be done. And I just want to see a little bit more action from from CIF, a little bit more action to 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 provide their kids with the season rather than just keep pushing it back. Just keep pushing it back. I, I think that does a bit of a disservice. I totally agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think 
I, I would have liked to see a, a plan, an action plan, you know, in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, because that was the big question is what's going to happen now. And we haven't, I mean, I haven't heard anything unless you have, but I haven't heard anything from CIF or, you know, um, as far as what they, what are, what is the, the action plan? Correct. I agree with you. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think, um, there's, I, let's see, where was, I think I was in Kansas. Um, I was at a crossroads, uh, camp in Kansas. Um, and they, this, and they were very vocal on the news as far as what they were planning on doing and how they were going to implement high school sports back into mm -hmm. action. And, and, um, they had an action plan. They knew how they were going to bring high school football back into place. They knew how they were going to bring back sports. I mean, they had a real action plan and they were vocal about it on the news, mm -hmm. on the local news. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, we need to do something like that. You know, uh, California needs to step up and, and start figuring some things out. But they can't even figure out how they're going to bring the kids back to school right now. Right. Let alone, you know, implement high school and, and prep sports. So, um, you know, I think it's something that, um, that needs to be addressed soon, because like you said, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's not, it's not fair. And, and these kids are just missing out and, you know, so many opportunities. Right. Absolutely. A lot of, yeah. I even saw in, in North Carolina, they, 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 approved high school sports they were going their cases rose and then the governor said hey, everyone needs to wear masks and then so everyone playing high school basketball all the sports they're playing with masks on and i thought it was funny because i mean the, you just see the photos and, and it looks funny with players playing a, a full-on game <laughs> with a mask on but I hey. thought I thought it was cool because it's like, look, they're still continuing, though. And look, California, yep. if if we got to play with masks, I bet every single high school basketball player in the state would willingly wear a mask and play mask. if that's what they had to do, because everyone just wants to play at this point. Right. I, I just don't want the kids to continue to be put on the back burner. That That's my thing. All for public right. safety. Wear a mask, social distance, do all that stuff. But. Let, let's let's also do our jobs by giving these kids a chance to play. And that that's right. what I've been, you know, kind of preaching on this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I want I want the state of California and to come up with a plan, mm -hmm. you know, CIF. They need to come up with a plan. They need to start figuring stuff out. And yeah, I don't I don't know. I, a lot of times I think that there's people that are higher up that don't really understand the landscape of what we do in, mm -hmm. in prep sports, mm -hmm. you know, that there, there's just some people up there who are making decisions who really don't have any experience or know, you know, what are some of the things that we can do? Um, so that way we create a safe environment for these student athletes Right. And you see the difference in priorities, like you said, in Kansas, mid, you know, middle of the country, high school sports in these small towns is probably very important versus California, where, you know, high school sports, although important to the communities, 
isn't always the number one on these local politicians lists or even the higher ups um, in the school making decisions. So you see a difference of priorities. And I think it's important to talk about and and uh, sort of kind of raise awareness in in a sense. Uh, Not that that my podcast is going to change anything, but uh, I think we're going (laughs) to, you know, (laughs) it's important to talk about. Absolutely. I think so too. And, and who knows your podcast might change some things, but, or someone might listen or someone might hear what we're talking about. So your voice is just as important, Bryce. I appreciate that. And I'm a tag CIF (laughs) on this. We're going to, we'll tag them on Twitter. See if they, uh, see if they want to come on the show and talk about it. I'd gladly have them on. I would absolutely love to have them on. Right. Okay, so for for those kids who who aren't playing right now, who who don't have a season, if you if you're in a state, you know, where high school basketball has been postponed, what what's your advice of a, as a scout on how these kids could be still helping out their recruitment, still still actively doing things to get recruited recruited during this time? I think one of the important things is is that they continue to work on their craft. Um, I think they, that student athletes right now who aren't playing or who don't have a high school season need to continue working out. Um, of course, staying safe, number one, but just continuing to work out. Um, I know some parents have shared with me that they've been creating videos, uh, workout videos of their own, um, uh, things that they've been doing, um, you know, as far as like what they can do for themselves. Um, uh, I think that's important. Um, I spoke to a student and his, and his parent, um, and we were talking about like, you know, getting into shape and, and running and being in the best shape possible. Like how, how often are you running every day? How are you working on your cardio? What are you doing to get better? Um, so that way when the season does come, whether it's AAU or high school or um, any uh, type of camps or anything that's open, you know, um, are you going to be ready anyways, you know? as far as the recruiting process, I think the recruiting process is important. I mean, call it, you know, for these, these colleges, they, they're not able to come out and, and see kids and players. They keep pushing back, you know, NCAA keeps pushing back um, the recruitment. Um, and, and a lot of these young student athletes now too, Bryce, 2021 and uh, 20, we saw that with the class of 2020, a lot of them got bottlenecked. A lot of them got pushed back because uh, of, you know, how everything got pushed back. So I think just staying on top of your game, continuing to be relentless in your workouts, working on your craft, studying. I mean, a lot of, a lot of student athletes don't study the game. Mm-hmm. watching film, you know, become a real student of the game, know how to move without the ball, uh, you know, and just studying. I, I'd say steady, you know, what can you do, you know, exactly. but also just getting better, right? Yeah, like just make the best of a of a bad situation, 
if you have right. the means to get out to a to a Pangos camp or a West Coast Elite camp, by all means, you know, do it if you have the means. Because you know, yeah. game tape at this point is probably more important than ever. <laughs> right, right, right. And and filming, just definitely trying to get some film and um and and just like you said, continuing to work on your craft and getting to these events if you can. Right, absolutely. So you you've spent obviously you spent a lot of time in the basketball world. What what's your opinion on what what has been I guess the best era of basketball in high school that you have seen that you have witnessed? Like what what did what in oh. your opinion is like the golden age of high school hoops? Oh. Like all all you're talking about throughout time? for high school hoops that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, definitely the Kobe, Kevin Garnett and Kobe era for myself, like Vince mm-hmm. Carter, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, like the, that was like the 96 era, mm-hmm. 95, 96 era. Um, and then of course, you know, that I've seen personally, um, definitely high school players, um, live and in person was Michael Beasley. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good yeah. one. Yeah, I saw Michael Beasley when he was in high school. <clears throat> um, he was playing for a DC Assault, uh, which is out of his AU team out of DC. I think he. He probably moved around a little bit, but I think he ended his high school career playing for DC Assault. Um, I want to say their whole starting five on that DC Assault team went D1, went high D1. I think one of them went to Duke, Georgetown. Uh, then Beasley went to Kansas State, I believe. Mm-hmm. But that was definitely the highlight. Like for me, I was in Vegas, it was a big game. Uh, it was a big game for AU. It was uh, DC Assault was there, and I watched Michael Beasley play. And I wasn't quite on the boys' side at the time. I, I was still doing girls' basketball, but I think that was like a big highlight for me. And I thought, ooh, I want to, I want to be on this side. Because it was exciting. (laughs) Michael Beasley just impressed me. He was probably one of the, you know, like that I saw live and in person, like I was right there. So Mm -hmm. at that time, uh, he definitely was one. And then, of course, 2020 class. And it and it's it's terrible because we didn't get to see them at at McDonald's. We didn't get to see them at Jordan Brand. Yeah. But how can you not? I mean, you're Kay Cunningham. Uh, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes. I mean, that's class. It, right it was there, a stacked one. It was a stacked class. That's for sure. Oh, it would have been so fun to see those guys uh, play. Greg Brown, Isaiah Todd, Dacia Nix. I mean, it, the list yeah. keeps going with that, that 2020 uh, McDonald's class, I think that would have been a good one to see. So I, I just think Josh, uh, Josh Christopher, I mean, it yeah, keeps, you, can keep keeps going. Going. you can keep going. You can keep going with the, with the list. It's, I remember, 
going <laughs> to uh, going to Pango's last year. That that was some of the best basketball that, or some of the best players, I should say, because the basketball itself, you know, a uh-huh. lot of times they they're they're just kind of going back and forth. But man, getting to see like Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley uh-huh. and everyone else on the on the floor at the same time that that was definitely something special. Paolo Banchero, right, like, right. Paolo, but, oh man, the, those kids like this twenty twenty class. Uh, that just passed with the guys that are now in Zaire Williams. I mean, these guys, they're just, that's a phenomenal group. And I would, I don't want to say I want to compare it to that time with Kobe and that era, but this, this class, this 2020 class this past year. I mean, they were pretty special. That group is pretty special. I mean, yeah, I think uh, time will tell time will tell what, (laughs) what we think of these guys. Right. Jalen green, just on a note, like I was speak uh, before I got on this call with you, I was on a on a call with an inside source with somebody, um, that's a part of the the group that's uh, Jalen Green and them are are um, the the G League team, you know, the the high schoolers mm-hmm. that didn't go to college. Well, we we got an and exclusive from an inside source. Let's let's so, do it. <laughs> so they just had they just had uh, a scrimmage, okay, right? and and it's very close and private. And I asked um, my person, so who would you say really um, impressed you or who who would you say like you could see right now at the next level, right? And it was Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga. No surprise there. <laughs> no surprise there. No surprise there. Yeah. And I thought, oh. Yeah, you know they've been putting out like on social media like little clips of Jalen, and he looks good. He looks like he's put on some muscle, um, and he looks bouncier than ever. And uh, man, I am really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they said Kaminga too. Kaminga and and Jalen Green right now are just uh, leaps and bounds, kind of separating themselves from the from the pack. So yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to see and. And see how you know that that journey for them um, evolves. So, oh yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, and, and one thing that's also pretty pretty special, I think, about that group too. You you being of, of Filipino descent, uh, they have two players on that team from Filipino backgrounds. You got Kai Soto and and Jalen Green, who who's got some right. some Filipino blood in him, and so. I think this is also a cool time for for Asians in in the basketball community. We even saw, and specifically Filipinos, because we even saw the the head coach at at, at UCR. He's the the um, only D one head coach of Asian descent, and he's Filipino. So, um, is, is there a good, there's, there's a good amount of of Pinoy pride going on in the basketball world? Absolutely, isn't there? It's amazing. You know. Um, and Coach McPio is at, I want to say he was at Columbia. Yeah, he was at he San was, Francisco for was, a bit, too. I think he was. Right. He was I think at, it was Yale. Was he? I know he was at a, at a I, knew, I remember him. I met him when he was at the Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, I think I, it's great to see. Uh, we got some young guys who are also on staff. We got Anthony Santos at Cal State Fullerton who's yep. moving up. Yep, Coach Santos. We've got 
Yes. Um, you know, and Eric Spolstra is a, has Filipino descent. Yeah, his also. mom's Filipino. Yes. Um, Coach Pete Fusilero, who is uh, who is another young uh, Filipino coach who is at uh, uh, Georgia. I think he's at Georgia now, uh, assistant coach at Georgia at the university. Uh, so there's a lot of young guys here that are coming up, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm proud to say that, you know, for these guys and for Kai and Jalen and uh, there's another young guy, uh, Sage Tolentino from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sage just committed. Um, definitely, um, you know, it's definitely has has some pride there. So, yeah, it's crazy how uh, cool it, it was to see how uh, when Jalen went over to the Philippines, how like everyone embraced him over there and how much they love like basketball over there. I thought that was so cool. The Philippines, they are the number one sport in the Philippines is basketball. That's it's so one funny. of the biggest biggest pastimes and. And the number one sport in in the country of the, in the Philippines is basketball. So that's so yep. cool. I, I it's just oh if, yeah. If only uh, if only more Filipinos were uh, were just a bit taller, I, I think they're yeah. <laughs> I bet that that's Kai Soto is totally blessed, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He, he's a anomaly um, for coming from <laughs> over there. Well, I remember right. it, when I was in high school, uh, Kobe Paras was a big deal um, when oh, he definitely. came over and and started going uh-huh. to Cathedral because they were in the same league as us. And oh, nice. he he was the he was all the rage um, yeah. when he came over. So don't don't sleep on 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 Filipinos, guys. They 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 got some hoopers coming up, and not just Love not just basketball. playing right. in the coaching world as well. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Congratulations to all my um, fellow Pinoys who are doing it in the basketball world and um, especially to the coaches and the players. Um, definitely making a scene because we love basketball. That's for sure. That's so awesome. Um, j- just a, a final thing to kind of send us off um, for for any other like young women who have an eye for talent and they want to kind of follow in the same footsteps that, that you are, what, what's some advice you, you would give them? I, I would say be fearless, be relentless, do your homework, become a student, study hard, um, and be okay with um, being, be okay with making mistakes, but learning from your mistakes. Um, one of the things that I really did in order to become a better uh, student of this, of um, scouting and evaluating was just humbling myself um, and embracing the experiences of being able to learn. I, I have a mentor uh, out of Philadelphia. His name is Latell Vaughn. And Latell Vaughn um, with Checkball Magazine, he's based out of Philadelphia, but he's He's been in this industry for such a long time, and he he was able to help me um, 
he does a he does a, a camp at the end of every summer called the Grand Finale, which is um, in Philadelphia. And um, two summers ago, I went to the camp and I got to meet Wilt Chamberlain's family. Wow. Which was such an experience. I met Wilt Chamberlain's sister, his nephew, his niece, and I spent some time with them. And I thought a lot of it had to do because Latell Vaughn um, had them as a guest and honored their family um, out there in Philadelphia. And I was so impressed because Wilt Chamberlain's sister um, spent some time with me and she said, she said, wow, you know, um, she was, you know, we were just talking and sharing, you know, stories and stuff. And she was just telling me like, you just keep doing what you're doing. You know, she's like, I, I would have never known when I put the ball in my brother's hand, cause she's a hooper too. And she's pretty tall. Mm-hmm. And, and she says, I would have never known that my brother was going to be as great as he was when I put the ball in his hand, you know, and just continue to do what you're doing and, and being able to be a part of um, things like that and, and being able to um, meet people and recognize. And so for these young women out here who want to take, um, you know, decide that this is where they want to go in their career or do something. I, I, I just encourage you to continue to become a student and learn and listen. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, you got to love what you do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. T- go ahead. Thank and, you so much. Yeah, absolutely. It was such a joy to have you on. Uh, why don't you tell my listeners uh, where they could follow you on social media? Oh, definitely. Um, so on on Twitter is Jerina J E R I N A at N Cal N C A L Premier Ball. That's my Twitter handle, and then on um, on Instagram is Jerina J E R I N A underscore Premier Ball P R E M I E R B A L L. And we keep Premier Ball because that's where our roots are from. We started with Premier Ball, and, and so we, we're still keeping Premier Ball. That's still our still our umbrella is under the Premier Ball family. That's awesome. You guys go ahead and follow Jarena. And uh, once again, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations to you. I, I think you're an amazing young talent in this industry. I think you have a strong voice in the community in the basketball community and in your community. And I'm so happy and proud and, and I'm so thankful and blessed to be able to call you my friend. I appreciate everything that you do and please know that I'm always here and everyone be safe and stay safe out there. Thank you for tuning in to episode seven of believe in high school basketball. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple podcasts or Spotify to be notified every Thursday when an episode drops leave a review as well i'd love feedback and want to know what you guys think of the show you can also get updates on what's next for my show by following me on social at bryce broadcast on twitter and instagram you can follow drina as well on twitter at ncal premier ball and on instagram at jarina underscore premier ball until next time
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.